0: Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Tom Baker.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inside Groove. This is episode 118. My name is Tom Baker, and this is the post-Memorial Day weekend episode, which means that it was the Jim Chappah Memorial, Tony White Memorial, and uh, 350 Super Extravaganza at the Oswego Speedway, otherwise known as Opening Day. And uh, a familiar face in Victory Lane in the big block, super modified, Uh, division after the 75 lap feature and we have him on the phone so we're starting a little differently here you'll uh you'll skip the opening rant from me about uh, whatever i feel like talking about and we'll go straight to things you care about like dave shillick jr welcome to the show david it's good to have you back congratulations (laughs) on the win
2: thanks thanks for having me
1: Okay, so let's dissect this a little bit. It's opening day. The track basically is green other than, you know, whatever uh, Friday uh, practice put on it. And um, yet, uh, when it was all said and done, the the guy who I think everybody still believes is the guy to beat in most cases um, at uh, the Oswego Speedway ends up in victory lane. You had one heck of a rocket ship.
2: Yeah, the the car was pretty good uh, i have to say that chris and team put a lot of hard work in the offseason into the car and uh, made a bunch of changes and really tried to improve uh really tried to prove the car and make it faster and uh you know the competition doesn't get any slower they they no. really stepped up their game last year and uh we uh we had to try to you know just really improve and uh, i feel like they did that i knew in fr- uh, friday practice that the car had tremendous front grip and was still maintaining rear grip. And, um, you know, I, I I felt like after Friday, we had a really, really good car for Saturday. And, um, I think, you know, in qualifying, we, we were off a titch, but not too bad. Um, and then in the heat race, um, we just missed the stagger a little bit. We had a tire issue that we had to remount the left rear. Oh, um, we actually had it on the, the, we had a new rim and the rim was the wrong offset. We didn't catch it till after time trials and, So we had to remount it on a different rim and you never want to, uh, unmount a hot tire. And, uh, we just missed the stagger a little bit for the heat race, but, uh, for the feature, um, it really, um, really performed well and ran good. And, um, you know, it just, we had to start 10th, which some of our competition got to start a little farther forward and, um, just luck of the draw type thing. And so we had to be aggressive at the start. Um, was able to get there fairly quick and, um, then take my time from there and use lap traffic to my advantage. And, um, but, uh, yeah, overall, it was a good race and, uh, you know, looking forward to the rest of the season.
1: You mentioned before that uh, lap traffic was a real challenge. And, you know, I think it's a real testament to John Nicotra and his group that have put together this series um, to see some of the guys like mike orway jr and some of the others that that uh, came in with saki and you know doing this in some cases for the first time ever with the oswego tail um it was great to see 25 cars and it it looked like watching the broadcast that lap traffic was certainly a bit of a challenge and and as a driver i i would think either you love that or it's very frustrating which side of that are you on
2: Uh, I I thought it was great I mean what John is doing with the wing and the non-wing series I mean it's just the guys are supporting it and coming out and and, uh, I think that's huge says a lot about it Um, I haven't remembered a field like that on a weekly show in quite some time I remember um, a few years ago I was driving for Ed LaPrade and it was actually Conti's yeah Um, you know and I mean I think we were probably close to that this past weekend and Um, I remember one point in the race, we were catching a pack of lap traffic and there had to be five lap cars running, running nose to tail. And I was like, man, this is going to be something like all of us going through it at the same time. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, anytime we can do that on a weekly show is, is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, obviously, like you said, team did its homework in the offseason. You came out strong and uh, you, you, you made it happen. Now, um, what is going to be your schedule for the rest of the year? Are you going to run uh, all of the ISMA shows? Are you going to run the Oswego ISMA series only? What is your uh, beyond? Obviously, I would assume you're going to run the rest of the uh, John Nakotra series. But, um, you know, what else uh, is Dave going to be doing over the course of the season?
2: But well, we certainly run all the Oswego shows non-wing, and then um, Chris just purchased the 98 uh, Tyler Thompson wing car oh. um, primor- primarily for the engine. We're going to run the car as is this weekend just because lack of time, uh, and then we will take the uh, engine out of the car and then try to resell the car um at you know after this weekend uh and, and we'll put that motor into our real regular non-wing car okay um and it will run probably berlin i, I mean i maybe berlin um the obviously the oswego wing shows high certainly um we'd like to run evans mills um oh, nice so there's, there's quite a few wing shows we'll hit and then obviously including the, the non-wing stuff it's pretty full schedule um for us this year so
1: that's great to hear. And it'll be interesting seeing you in a car that isn't one of Chris's cars. That's uh, that's going to be a first in a, in a little while for you. What are you uh, looking forward to with that? And and I know you mentioned something earlier about testing Saturday morning, maybe.
2: Yeah, we're testing Saturday morning. I actually, my daughter's graduation's Friday, so I can't come up oh, before wow. that. Congratulations. Uh, so, thank you. I'm going to drive up, uh, probably late into the night and get there as early as I can. And then, uh, we're supposed to test and, you know, I mean, there's really no expectations. I mean, we're just going to go out and do the best we can get the best finish we can yeah. try to stay somewhat, uh, good in points with, the, you know, the five race series and, um, you know, we'll take what we get and hopefully come away in one piece and, um, you know, hats off to Chris to doing what he has to do to, to stay in that. And, and, uh, obviously the, the motor in that car we knew was a good piece. So, um, that just sets us up for, you know, when we put that thing, um, into the, uh, the regular 95 wing car, uh, for the high miler or whatever, um, it just puts us in that much better position. So, um, that's, uh, we feel good about it for sure.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch you in that car and see what you can do with it. And, uh, hopefully, uh, mother nature will be nice and, uh, everybody can get the races in. Uh, I know you can't do all of this by yourself, so who helps you make it all happen?
2: Uh, Riverwalk uh, of Oswego, a new sponsor for us this year. Uh, Holiday Inn Express of Oswego, uh, T.J. Toyota, obviously Ed Close. Um, we could not do what we do without his support. Um, Chris Ocetic, Brian Ocetic, Chris, or uh, sorry, Matt, Sean, Jim, Ashton, uh, the entire team, everybody that pitches in, um, all the wives that do their part, and uh, we do it as a team. We have fun, and uh, you know, looking forward to continuing the rest of the season. Hopefully, carry out the success.
1: Well, uh, definitely off to a great start, Dave, and always appreciate the chance to talk with you and uh, wish you the best of luck and uh, safe racing for the rest of the year. I'm sure we'll be talking again uh, if you keep doing what you're doing. So uh, congratulations again and uh, good luck the rest of the way.
2: Thanks again for having me.
1: Welcome back to the show. That was... Uh, Dave Schillick Jr. hope you enjoyed that and thought we might have Camden this week, but um, he had some other duties to attend to. So let's just go ahead and get right into a recap of last weekend's Shampai Memorial event. We'll start with the supermodifieds. We had 25 cars at the Speedway, a yeoman's job by John Nakotra and his group to be able to. Uh, put all this together, and it was a great idea to make this uh, and the Classic both a part of the Challenge Series. Certainly did uh, make it more interesting for sure. And my attaboy, with respect to uh, Dave Shulick and his team for what they accomplished, my attaboy goes to third-place finisher Mike Wardway Jr., who showed up for the very first time with a tail wing on the booth car and goes out, wins the heat and finishes on the podium. A great job by Mike Ordway jr. uh, And great to see them there. Dave Shillick jr. Got the win as we mentioned. And we, you've heard from Dave, Michael Barnes finished up in second. I thought that uh, if Mike had been able to clear traffic and, you know, and, and get to Dave, maybe he might've given him a run for it, but, wasn't to be still a good run for Mike and Sorrell Racing. I hope they're going to run the whole series. Mike Ordaway Jr., third, as we mentioned, Ben sites in the Vic Miller Racing, number 11, and a strong start to the series with a fourth place finish. That was a great job. He finished second in his heat, as well behind Brandon Bellinger. Um, Danny Connors finished in fifth, double O. Joe Gozik, 67 years old, sixth place finish for Joe. He's been racing at the Speedway since 1980. And still capable of winning as he proved in his heat because he won it. Russ Wood finished in seventh in the 41 car. Uh, Mike Bruce eighth in the 22. The 83 of Louis Jr. finished in ninth. Logan Ravals in the 94 finished 10th. Jack Patrick in the 90 finished 11th. And you could tell that Jack was definitely uncomfortable for much of the day, but it looked like later in the feature, He started to get more comfortable with the car. I don't know if they uh, had something different about the setup or whatever, but Jack certainly looked. You could see the difference in Jack from beginning to end, even of the feature. So I would say that 11th place probably doesn't represent uh, what Jack is capable of at this moment with the number 90. And we're going to start seeing better things from him. The now retired fireman jack patrick and congratulations to jack on that um so thankful to anyone uh who serves the community as a first responder police fire um rescue whatever um and um thanks to jack as well for all his years of service in fulton brian osetic in the 75 finished 12th Mike McVetta in the 22M finished 13th, 14th went to Otto Ciderly in the 7. I really wish he and 15th place finisher Jeff Abel and 16th place finisher Tyler Thompson could have all um, ended up uh, finishing the race because I think uh, it would have been a real interesting run to see if any of them could have uh, had anything for uh, shoe two. 17th was a zero of Tim Snyder. 18th the 52 Dave Danzer. 19th the 88. AJ Lasecki. And again, AJ, great to have him there. Another example of a driver who probably wouldn't have come up had it not been a part of this series, uh, had this race not been part of the challenge series. And it was great to see AJ there. Didn't have um, great success over the weekend, but they sure worked hard. And I hope that uh, AJ will come back for Classic. Hopefully, maybe he can um, get the setup straightened out that he needs to have underneath. Him for a good run in the classic with the 88 and I hope he runs um the rest of the races as well with senior finished 20th Joey Payne jumped into the Jerry Curran 99 and I'm not sure I don't know if that was uh, a planned thing or it happened last minute but uh, I don't remember seeing anything about it it was good to see Jersey Jet back in a car didn't uh, have the greatest of nights but uh, nonetheless still good to see him behind the wheel Allison Slotin, the 39 was 22nd. Brandon Bellinger was 23rd in the 02. Another one I thought would have had a shot to win had he been able to finish. Uh, Ryan Zitska, 24th in the 25 and 25th in the 27 was Eric Iosu. And again, Eric, um, just uh, some bad luck there. Um, he had uh, issues in his heat as well. Um Hopefully they'll be able to get that car straightened out and run the rest of the series. Heat 1, Mike Ordway Jr. picked up the win over Tyler Thompson and Otto Siddeley. Heat 2, Brandon Bellinger uh, got the win over Ben Seitz and Dave Dancer. So again, Ordway Jr. and Seitz, uh right in the thick of it all night. Heat 3, there it is. 67-year-old double-O Joe Gozik still doing it and doing it well after all these years. Picked up the win, Allison slowed second. Michael Barnes finished in third. Mike Ordway Jr. and his team got pizza and wings as the Lighthouse Lanes Up and Comer Award winners. Not a lot to, to say about the Super Race other than, uh, again, great race for Dave Schlick Jr. And great to see uh, new faces there and see the competition and see... Um, uh, the racing that was, and hopefully it maintains or grows throughout the season. Uh, really excited about all of that. And by the way, um, I'm not going to spend too much time, uh, on, on either the delayed start at the it, it supposedly was a five, o'clock, I guess it was a five o'clock start that could start to about quarter to six. Um, personally for me, it worked out perfect. It gave me a chance to get home from the, um, monsoon that was charlotte motor speedway on saturday and get to my couch before they started racing um they canceled the uh nascar race just in time for me to get back just in time for a swigger to start so i was thankful they delayed it um but um but i understand the complaints and i it, again it's opening day i don't know what all the ins and outs were why it was so delayed it. i don't know that that's been anywhere near normal for them to be so late starting an evening so i'm assuming there were reasons for it Um just not going to spend a lot of time on that uh but i am going to and the reason i sort of detoured here i do want to say uh thank you to mike shrimp and i hope i got that name right mike shrimp who uh was the one on the bucket truck that basically fixed the uh transformer issue the wire fire as somebody called it (laughs) um so that uh, we could go racing in the super modifieds, And I will also just briefly address, uh, I made a comment online because I asked about why the delay was still ongoing. Like, what's the, what's the update? Do we know when we're going to start anything like that? And it, you know, somebody came back with kind of a, you know, I thought it was a little, you know, over the top, like they were scolding me or scolding me for, for daring to say that they should have provided more updates and, you know, well, they, they showed the bucket truck. They showed this, they showed that they played music. They did. It's like, guys, it was, it wasn't meant to be heavy criticism here. I made a comment about, you know, it would be nice to provide more updates for the broadcast. And also it would have been nice if maybe they could have, instead of just showing us the still shot of the cars, um in the last little bit of that delay that they could have interviewed some drivers and given the drivers some much deserved air time to thank their sponsors and do whatever um and that was meant completely constructively it, it, it from somebody in the media business when you're sitting home on your couch and you're watching first of all um you know playing music doesn't entertain me i can i can dial music up on the phone right that's I understand that works good for the people at the track, but from the standpoint of the broadcast, there are a few simple things you can do to really sort of be more interactive with your at-home viewers. And um it, the interviews I thought were a really simple idea. You know, you, you just get them on, get a, get a few of the drivers on the front stretch. Would have been nice to hear from Orway jr. Would have been nice to hear from wasaki would have been nice to hear from, some of the drivers that were maybe going to be in the thick of, of the race like shoe or, or Barnesy or whoever. Um, and you had, you know, you had a good bunch of time there. You could have, could have uh, done some of that. And I'd like to see that be worked into the weekly show anyway. Um, you can obviously pre-record what you call B roll, um, and interview somebody, you know, before anything ever starts and then just drop it into the, um, to the broadcast during some downtime or whatever uh you know in between race events or whatever i think that that would be a cool idea to be able to to work some of that in and it would give the drivers some publicity that's that's all i was trying to say there and i think somebody just got all bent out of shape and spun out about it okay so supermodifieds a plus um sbs division so i think that camden was was thinking there were going to be over 20 cars there. I think we he said I think I remember him saying 22 last week. We didn't hit that. We didn't even hit 20. So I'm not sure there were some guys obviously not there. Um but this actually turned out to be a better feature race than I thought it might, knowing that Mike Bond was showing up. Um you know, Mike ended up winning, so I still have a chance for my my prediction to come true that that Mike Bond could virtually sweep every SPS event all year long if he races them all um but Noah Ratcliffe made him work for it I have to give Noah credit that young man I want him to win so badly just because I hate it it I shouldn't say I hate but it's you you have drivers like Noah that you know second 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 and and I understand as as somebody who has raced some you know I understand I understand from being around it so long the 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 sort of frustration of like, what do I have to do? You know, and basically what Noah needed to do Saturday night was kidnap Mike and, you know, lock him in a Porta John or something. Um, but <laughs> then he would have won. <laughs> but um finish second, good run for Noah. Mike ends up winning. And, you know, good for Mike because first of all, Mike's 50th win. And um if I wrote this down right, because I can't read i'm having trouble reading my own chicken scratch but i think it that it, it what i wrote here is i he won he's won in 23 different seasons so i think 23 seasons out of all the years he's run um 23 of them he's won a at least one feature i think is what what i'm trying to get to here and that's a that both of those are impressive stats let's face it mike is is um uh, certainly one of the best ever in a race in the in the in the SPS division I'm not going to say he's the best by the stats he probably is right sure won a bunch of classics all that but um you know it's a team effort right so um you got to give some credit there and um you know there are some other folks that have also have very impressive records in this division but he Mike is certainly if there's a Mount Rushmore he's on it you know <laughs> I mean and and, and it's a deal where somebody, for example, like Danny Kaposinski, if Danny would stay in the SBS division, which he's not, but if he were to stay as long as Mike, he would run up, you know, probably, um, you know, stats close to where Mike is, as long as Mike is not on the track with him, because um, Mike seems to be his kryptonite. Danny Danny hasn't beaten Mike yet. So um, Mike out the window at Ratcliffe, a great second place run. Gr- uh, Griffin Miller finished third. Greg O'Connor fourth, Drew Pascuzzi, fifth, Jake Brown sixth, Tony DeSteven seventh, Ryan Gunther eighth, uh, Mike Fowler finished ninth, and Jordan Sullivan tenth, and Andrew Shartner. Andrew won his heat race earlier in the night. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Jude Parker was 12th. Um, Derek Hilton was 13th. A.J. Larkin, 14th, Cameron Rowe, 15th, DJ Schumann, 16th, Rob Poland, 17th, and Carter Gates finished up in 18th, and uh, Poland and Gates did not start uh, because both of them had problems. Uh, Earlier in the night, Poland got in a wreck in the heat with Jude Parker. Parker was able to start, Poland wasn't, and Carter Gates uh, had an issue that that, uh, did not let him start either the heat or the feature. Mike Bob won his Heat over Drew Pascusi and Griffin Miller. Heat 2 went to Ratcliffe over to Stevenson and O'Connor. Heat 3 went to Shartner over Hilton and Larkin. You know, something that I don't know if a lot of you know about Andrew Shartner, and I can't remember if we talked about it when I had him on the show a good while back or not. I need to get him back on again. Andrew's actually a very smart young man. He's a very good engineer. He graduated from UNC Charlotte down here with a, uh, a degree in... Um, I think it, it would be properly said mechanical engineering with a motorsports sports um, accent or however they, they call it. Um, so he could have went and, and, you know, got onto a NASCAR team or whatever and probably been a crew chief making big bucks by now. But he didn't want to do that because he wanted to, when he graduated school several years ago, he wanted to. He didn't want to be racing all week and busting his butt for, for a team and then and then race himself because he thought it would take a lot of the fun out of it. So he decided to not pursue the, the motorsports part of it in terms of his work. And he got hired by a brake company. I can't remember uh, the name of it right off the top of my head. But while he was there, this was a company that builds brake systems for... Um, like buses and dump trucks and whatever. And he ended up getting a patent. He earned a patent for something he invented. I'm not to do with that. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember what. Um, and at one point I thought he was actually working on patent number two, but I think about a year ago, or it may have been two by now, time goes so quick. He actually changed jobs and went to work for a company called Atlas Copco, and um he's since been promoted there. He just recently, I think, got promoted there. So Andrew has really done extremely well in his his career, his working career. And um, you know, that's it's it's just hard when you're down here. It's just hard to you know, I would love to to be able to come up every week, but I'm just, it's and, and Andrew. I know, I think Andrew's going to try to race as many as he can this year, but it's just, it's not cheap. It's not, it just costs money to go back and forth and then you, you know, so, um, but he, I wanted just to get that out there. Cause for those of you who don't know, he's just done extremely well. So, um, it's great to see him, um, competitive this year. Unfortunately he got, wrecked in the feature got involved in somebody else's mess in the feature but um you know hopefully they'll be able to get the car back um real soon the whites car care fourth place finisher award which is 50 bucks went to greg o'connor that's not bad at all thanks to whites car care for doing that and um, of course lighthouse lanes thanks to them for doing all the up-and-comer awards again pizza and wings to noah rutcliffe and his team so you know i guess if 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 you got off another second place finish um you know pizza and wings is sort of a soothing balm right <laughs> at least you go eat well um again good racing in that division hopefully uh, we get more cars going forward and we can get most of them back that crashed uh 350 supers oh boy um 8 um, nine, actually, if you count Nick Barzian, and poor Nick had problems from the start and, um, just didn't have a good evening to get to start, uh, uh had something happened in practice. I'm not sure if he crashed. I never did find out, but, um, he didn't start anything. So, but there were nine, um, uh, the winner, Tyler Thompson in the 45, not Tyler's first rodeo. Good run for him. Chris Emmons first, uh, win as an owner. And uh, Bobby Holmes will uh, be back here, will be in that car going forward. He had to miss the first night, so Tyler climbed in it and um, did his job, I would say. Dave Cliff, a good run for second. Kyle Perry, third. Jason Spaulding, fourth. Brad Babb, fifth. Josh Sokolik sixth. Wrencher, Robbie Worth was seventh. And Nick Kenny finished eighth in the heat race. Jason Spaulding got the win, a good run for him. In the 23, Josh Sikolik, Suckick, Perry 3rd, Bab 4th, Thompson 5th, and Cliff Worth and Kenny. Um, Sokolik fast timer, 16-6 six, to 8. Nice lap for Josh Sikolik in the twenty-six, I suspect he will be winning very soon. White House Lanes Up and comer Award went to Kyle Perry. Pizza and Wings for that team. And again, um, great night of racing overall and... I just hope that we can get the 350 count up. That's that was just so disappointing. Um, but you know, it, it, it's hard sometimes because I know that, uh, there's a strong field of them in new England and, you know, they got their own deal going, but there were two shows. It was almost like smack had a show and smack doesn't care about anybody else anyway. It's their deal. So they just do their deal. Um, but then Bobby Weber scheduled a show at Lee, and I'm not sure if, you know, I'm not sure, because, again, you're splitting your field right away when you do that. You know, it, 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 so even up there, you, you, you didn't have all the cars going to one show because you had two. So whoever goes to the other show, I mean, so you split the field when you do that right away. So you have to wonder if, you know, did we do it despite, you know, or how did, how did that... And then, of course, the Swigo racing them. And, and you, you, we still need some of the New England guys to make a good field at the Swigo because we don't have enough of our own at this moment um, that are consistent. So, um, you know, I hope that doesn't happen very often. That's That would be my only concern that I saw on Saturday other than the crashes, um, which are, you know, part of the sport, obviously. So hopefully everybody gets back and healthy for... This weekend's race, uh, the first top wing show of the year. We will step aside and come back with what's in a number right after this. Experience the age-old Irish hospitality at LaGroff's Pub and Grill, a Swiggo's premier local spot to grab a cold one and cheer on your favorite sports teams. Stop in for an ice cold beer alongside some exceptional pub fare. Burgers, wings, chicken sandwiches, Philly cheesesteaks, soups, and more. You want it, they've got it. Served up with more than 40 years of awesome customer service. Have a friendly game of darts against players from across the world. That's right, players from across the world. Where else in Oswego can you go to play darts against somebody from across the world? That's crazy. Watch the games on their eight big screen TVs, or just relax at Oswego's Neighborhood Bar and Grill. Lagroff's Pub, 187 East 10th Street in Oswego. Check them out on Lagroffs.com. Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here on Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, supermodifieds. It doesn't matter if you've got something that you need designed or fabricated. Let them help you transform your idea, your vision, and your budget into a workable, high-performance solution they have all kinds of services from 3d printing to finishing services end to end composite solutions is what they are check them out ipcindy.com or indyperformancecompositesinc.com and tell them that the folks from inside groove set you welcome back to the show time for what's in a number and if you're listening to the Inside Groove for the first time. This is a segment where we use the episode number to talk about what the relevance of that number was in supermodified history. As so we go in supermodified history, it's a fun little trivia uh, segment, and it's kind of a stump the host because I always forget somebody, and sometimes I forget the guy who's driving the number now, which is, it. you know, just shows... Uh, <laughs> That the brain takes more frequent naps as you get old. But, um, it's, uh, I don't, hopefully we won't worry about that today. Um, this is episode 118. So we're going to do the number 18. Now, the other piece to this is that when we got to 99, I started at episode 36. I just sort of had the idea and just ran with it. We got to 99. I stopped. I thought I was done. Like that's, you know, we're done. And, and so Um, One of my favorite people, Robert Metcalf, one of our super fans of this super show is um, said, well, you know, you haven't done double zero to nine and you haven't done one to 35. Why don't you just do those? Well, the problem that that created for me was that if I was going to kind of keep the order going that I had, I had to start doing two numbers per show. So this show will be the last show where I have to do two because we when we when we did episode 110 we did the number 10 then we did the number 11 and so forth so right now the 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 number that we have left is 9 and then of course the episode is 18 so 9 and 18 next show we'll just be doing 19 then we'll do 20 and all the way up to 35 so i'm going to get myself out of this two number thing on this show right now <laughs> And with a relatively easy number that's sort of tricky at the same time, I don't know if there is a number um, other than maybe the eight, if there is a number in Oswego Speedway history that has been basically monopolized by one car owner like the nine because even the 10 after Nolan Swift retired, Joe McGarry had it and you know, there were some other, so, um, the, the number nine, as far as I know now, there may have been somebody before Steve joy, senior, but that would have been way back in the sixties. And y'all are going to have to, somebody who's like had more time there than me is going to have to fill in the blanks on that one. um, I'm just going to start with the Joya family because Steve Sr started owning cars before Steve Joya Jr started to drive. Um and so I'm going to try to name as many of the drivers that I think I remember driving for Steve Sr when I started going to the track Steve Jr was driving in 73 I think. Um I don't I don't recall I think it was 70, late 72 that Steve started. I think he ran full time in 73. I'm not 100% positive of that, but I'm pretty sure. Because I don't remember anybody else seeing anybody else in the night. Um, so, but prior to Steve Jr. starting to drive, let's see. Jim Gray, I know, drove. Wayne Landon drove. John Clapham drove. These are all drivers who drove for Steve's dad. Steve Sr. is an owner. Um, Clapham, Landon gray. I want to say Ronnie Wallace might've run some shows. I believe skip Manning ran a couple of shows. Oh boy. And this is where I'm going to fall off the wagon here. Cause, um, I want to say, I remember. S- no, I, 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 um, Those are the ones I remember. I know there had to be others. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you all take that from there. I'm going to start with Steve Jr. Because Steve, obviously, um, he started, I'm going to say he started in 73. Um, full-time. And he, Steve was a driver that I don't think will ever probably get the respect that I think he deserves. And and it, I'll explain why. It's because I think that when you think of that era, you just, you, you get sort of, it's, there's so many, right? Nolan Swift, Jimmy Champagne, Todd Gibson, um, Norm Macrath, Freddie Graves, Ronnie Wallace, Warren Conium, Johnny Spencer, Steve Joya, Kempton Dates, Gary Albritton. I mean, that you could sit here, Eddie Bellinger. Um, you could sit here for twenty minutes. All these top-notch drivers that were competing in that era, and Steve, although he won a championship. And he won a classic. He won the classic really early in 75. Yes, 70. No, 76. My bad. Um, He won it in 76. So he was about three years or so into his career. And he never won it again. And uh, Steve, Steve had his best, most of his best success in the 70s and, and 80s and then there kind of came a time where he wasn't having as much success because he didn't have the the money it got to a point where there just wasn't i don't think there was the money there for steve to compete he he could build good cars he he certainly could drive i think he's he's as good a driver as anybody that was in that time i i believe steve was you know he was I believe he was one of, as good as anybody, capable of being as good as anybody and improved it over and over and over and over. Um, but th- there were some down years toward the end of his career. He he kind of revived the career a little bit when he jumped in the 73 car with Don Romage, for Don Ramage, when they teamed up. And that becomes the interesting stat because from the time that Steve Jr., started driving the the nine car there was only one other driver who ever drove the number nine until steve retired as far as i remember and that was doug hevron um 93 94 95 somewhere in there mid 90s it was a classic anyway um and you know at one point he was leading i mean i he 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 almost won, but uh, I think that was the one, if I remember correctly, where he had gone in for a tire maybe and was coming back through the field. And I think Gene Lee fenced him on the front stretch, if I remember correctly. Um, But that was a good run for for Doug in that car. But anyway, then that was the car. That's one of the cars Larry Trinkett's got. That was the baby Ruth uh, car. And so I feel like that because Steve kind of went out with some some sort of lean years and he came back, he had been retired a little bit and I, don't, I forget how long, but then um, he came back and ran a classic for Tim Snyder in the zero. I don't know if Tim was hurt or he couldn't make it to the race or whatever, but uh, Steve subbed for him and raced in the classic in the zero and i think that was um i think that was the only time other than oh no um uh, not true i was going to say that was the only time he raced a car that wasn't number 9 but actually that's not true now the champagne when he drove for jimmy in his radical offset car i believe they scored it as the 9 so i'm calling that a 9 car but, of course, Steve ran the 73 for Don Romage, but he also raced, and I don't remember which of the cars now he was in because, Mike, it was like, you know, the, the the shell game where you put the ball in the shell and you have the three shells you should try guess. Mike had three cars at the time. Let me see. What do you have, 80, 50, and 20? And Steve was in one of them for a little while. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe – there was a night when when Steve and I think it was Jamie Moore who was in one of the other ones, one of the other cars that whatever, there were two, three cars, obviously. So you had Steve and Jamie, and I don't know if Mike was driving the other one or he had somebody else in it. But it was either those two or maybe all three of them came together in turn one. Um, and I, I think the legend has it that Mike fired both Steve and Jamie in the same corner. (laughs) Um, uh, so I don't, I, I don't know that it went on past that, but, um, and I don't know, I can't remember if that was, I think that was, I think that was after the. I think that was after Steve stopped running his own car, but before the zero. And I also remember that Steve ran an ISMA show, if you want to be technical. I think he drove the, uh, and this would have been back in the 80s. Uh, I think it was the blue Graves house car won the baby blue car in 80, what year? Eight, 88? Yeah, 88, I think. That Haveron drove. I think for whatever reason, I want to say Steve drove that car in an ISMA show and maybe it was classic weekend and I don't know what that would have been about why Doug wouldn't have but anyways I think he did because I think I remember winning a heat in it but again I could be wrong somebody can fill me in on that one um gosh what else um you know I just I I think I just want to make the point that I feel like Steve, the way you know I feel like Steve is never going to be name-checked or as much name checked as some of the other big drivers of that era, because he he did a lot of his best results—not to say performances by any means—but results earlier in his career, and so and of course then when he eventually Stephen the Third Stephen Joya started driving and uh, Stephen ran for, for, I think he ran for two or three years. Then he had the bad wreck in the classic and, and got injured, got his legs and then, um, came back and I think he had another bad wreck. Uh, and then I think he quit after that he stopped racing. But, um, you know, again, Steven had potential, you know, he just, it just seemed, he just seemed snake bit, you know, I, I don't really know, you know, it's hard to say, but those those he had a few really bad wrecks and and that's I I don't know that it affected his confidence but I certainly could see why it would have um but then there's also obviously the injuries and just at that point it was getting really really costly and you know you got into the arrow period so um the car that Danny Kapazinski has well um his that Flack has that Danny drives, um, in the 350 division is, I don't know if it's the last car Steve senior built, but it's one of them. One of the last cars that he built that Steve jr. Had, I think in Brian, uh, or Stephen the third had, well, let me go back and do that. And it's one of the last cars Steve jr. Built that Steven drove, I think. Um, and I think Brian Sweeney had it too, but, um, it's good to see that that car is back as a 350 because I love seeing when somebody re- takes an older chassis and makes it into a 350 and goes out and I hope, I oh, hope Danny can they can get that going and go win some in it because I think that's cool because that's what I you know I mean I I know it's old news by now but that's what I wish they would have done back at the time with the limited division I th- I, I wanted them to 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 do exactly what they they're doing now. Um, and, um, you know, I, I love that it, it can bring some of those older cars out and, you know, hopefully they can be competitive with that wing package and all that. So, um, that's, yeah, that's, uh, I'm trying to think. So, um, I don't know that anybody's had the nine. Since uh I mean Jack Patrick had it in the SPS class, but he had to be ninety in the in the super. I don't know if they retired the nine. Did they do that? If they retired eight, nine and ten? I don't remember. Um but that's uh that's the nine and again it's all Joya. And Steve just I I just will always believe and, and remember that Steve, in my opinion anyway, was one of the very best and he was a good innovator and a good thinker and just one of the nicest. They are the nicest family. So, um, you know, happy to, to spend the time on that number. If we double it and go to 18, that's our, what's in the number for the day. Now that one's interesting too, because that one belongs to Eddie McCullough for the most part. Um, there's one other driver, one other driver owner later. We'll get to that. But for the most part, that one belonged to Eddie McAuliffe, the first couple chapters anyway. Now, again, we could go back, and I'm sure in the 60s it was probably an 18, but the first one I remember knowing of um, was, let me think, um, in 72, I want to say it was, Jim Thompson started driving Fred McAuliffe. And I think the first car that they had, and I don't remember the origin of the car, I don't know if they built it or bought it or whatever. But I think the first car they had, it was either Daryl Peckham's first and they bought it from Daryl or they sold it to Daryl and then Daryl ended up building a new car later. But I think I think Peckham had that car. But because I think the car the, the I think the orange monster that everybody remembers Jim Thompson driving for the most of the time he drove from a I think that car might've been new for 73, but I'm not positive. Um, but that was the, the, that was the first one I remember Jim Thompson and Jim, I think came from, I think he was a street stock racer at Fulton prior to racing supers, maybe, um, late models or street stocks or something. I want to say, and Jim was another one that was, I thought Jim was a very good racer. Jim was, um, he, he was never over aggressive. I thought he was a very smart racer, always finished like fifth to 10th. That was kind of, he, they, they got that car to a certain point, And I think, you know, that's where they were now, whether a bigger motor or whatever, more money somehow could have helped them, um, to take the car farther toward a win. But Jim was, they were always consistent and they were great. Jim was great in classics. It's a good classic driver. And again, really nice guy. Um, Ed McCauliffe, when, and I don't know what happened between he and Jim. I don't know if Jim just decided to retire or whatever, but um, eventually Ed teamed up with Ray Sand. Now, when those two teamed up, they, they built an upright super. And, and there was a period, and I want to say it was very early eighties with these uprights, you had. You had two versions of the McAuliffe Sand Upright. We'll talk more in a moment about that. But then you also had an upright that Bobby Stelter and Rob Ryan built. Ron Ryan, I think maybe the, the guy's name was. That was number 61 car. And then you had one that Jim Gray and Robin Himple built. And, and neither Stelter nor Gray had very much success with theirs. And I've never figured out And I've asked Jim Gray about this, but I don't, if he told me the details, I don't remember or what the theory was behind it. I did. I just didn't get it. Like I, I, I didn't, um, I, I loved the spirit of sort of going retro and trying to make, you know, something radically different work. I love that. I miss that in the supers. There is none of that anymore. Box is too small, but Um, gosh, I, I don't, I don't know if I ever understood from a fifth grade technology standpoint, like if I don't know that I've ever, and like I said, if Jim did, I I've, I've forgotten it, but what the reason, what the, what was the thinking behind why that would work? And, and I was, I, I, I think somebody said at one time that if, if, The, 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 the more height you had something about the less offset you needed or something. I, I I don't, but I don't, I don't understand. I don't know (laughs) like that. That just seems silly to me. Um, it so at the time, you know, as a young man, that just seems silly. Like I love these cars, but what, what are we doing? Like, why are you building that? You're 20 years too late. Um, but, uh, Sandy McAuliffe, actually, I don't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I think it might have been the second one. They had a couple top five finishes with it. I mean, they got theirs going pretty good. And the first one, I think, was the one that that Ray flipped and almost went out of the park with and turned three during the classic. Got in a pileup. And destroyed that one. They built the second one and came out and and got that thing going pretty good. I don't know. I don't remember if he might have gotten destroyed that one, too, or what happened. But I think that was, I think they just stopped after like a year or two of running that. Um, I'm not sure why. And uh, that was it for both McAuliffe and Sand. I don't think either of them did anything after that. Um, Ray was another driver that I thought was actually a good shoe. He just didn't have a whole lot of... uh, uh, you know, opportunity to really show that he was with Buckner for a while in the 36 and they had, I mean, it, he ran okay, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, but I, I just, I thought that there was more in Ray than we ever really saw. And it can be tough, right? Cause you got to get the right car, the right crew chief, the right situation, the right time, the right money, you know, all of that. But I just always, um, I thought Ray was, was actually a better driver than what the results show. I don't, It's the only thing about me with stats. You can make stats show anything you want, good or bad. You know, um, it's what's behind the stats. And uh, just always thought that Ray, um, Ray would, if you, if you gave him just, and I thought, you know, that's that, I think it was the second upright that uh, maybe that was it. And, you know, they were, they were going to really sort of make history. Right. And maybe you'd have that moment where he goes out, wins one with it. And, Um, that would have been awesome. I think the grandstand would have loved it. So, uh, and, and once they were done, I, the next 18 that comes to mind for me is Howie Page. And of course, Howie came in from new England and boy, Howie just, I would, again, one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. And one heck of a driver and a builder and his cars were not only fast, they were neat and they were clean and they were cool. Howie did, Howie was part of that sort of 90s, uh, you know, he was to the 90s what Graves was to the late 80s with the mass production. That was sort of the beginning of that era. And then Howie carried it on. And then, of course, you'd, you know, you got into the Hawksby and, and um Paulie Coloca eras which is kind of where we are now basically um yeah so uh Howie just again did a great job and I I don't think we've had an 18 since that I can remember I mean Andrew Shartner in the uh SBS but um not in the Supers at Oswego I don't believe um that uh, we've had in 18 since how we left, but certainly, um, and again, I'm (laughs) it's the more recent ones that always stick me. So I always, but that's part of it is stumping the host. Uh, so, um, fill in the blanks there guys. And again, those two numbers, I, I think kind of monopolized over the years by one or two, you know, people each, but, um, a lot of cool stories and a lot of great performances out of those numbers with the drivers that drove them and uh some of the nicest people that you'll ever know so there is 9 and 18 and what's in the number next week we will look at the number 19 and have some fun with that um and so i'm gonna end it there and just say thanks to all of the sponsors um who are great friends of mine and thank you to them for being friends and supporters as well uh, Rich Worth and JNS Paving. He is the Beethoven of Blacktop. So make sure that if you need a uh, parking lot, driveway, you know, whatever, racetrack, uh, <laughs> that's, wouldn't that be interesting? Give Rich a call um, and he'll take care of you and do it right. And he will be very fair with you. And also, thanks to uh, Sean Cathcart and LaGroff's Pub and skips fish fry uh still at the racetrack both of them and I love that it. um it's kind of interesting for me to think about Lagrofs having a concession along with skips and now if they're both in the grandstand and I believe they are and skips also has the pit but if both of them have a grandstand concession my my first thought is how what am I ever going to do if I come up there and sit in the stands it's going to have to be like flip a coin or eeny meeny I've got to get fish so we're going to have to do skibs, because, you know, for those of you who have been down here, I mean, the fish sucks. It just, <laughs> it's not real fish. Um, you know, I, it, catfish isn't terrible. Cod isn't terrible, but it just isn't the quality that you get up North. Um, and so that's why the first thing I want to do whenever I get to a swigger is I want to go get fish and you know, it's, it's going to be difficult without, skips unless I go to the racetrack because obviously skips restaurants closed now um you know and 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 it's not the last couple of times I was at Rudy's just being honest it was overcooked and way overpriced um and it you know I think it it's it's great view and it's great time but um I wasn't nearly as happy with it the last couple of times so you know I have to find something else um you know but skips was always my go-to for fish. Uh, But man, LaGroffe's food, Um, burgers, all of it. So support them, please, um, on a regular basis. Those of you who live up there, you're going out to eat, you know, um, make LaGroffe's a regular part of that and support the people that support the racing. Um, And also thanks to Jeff West and the folks from IPC India. And I just want to take a minute before I close this too, while we're talking about places in Oswego Paul Stepion is retired as the owner of the front door sold it I don't know who bought it I have heard they're going to basically just carry it on as it is um man we're all going to miss Paul Paul was you know you had those places right at, at, you know the Oswego Speedway you have the fraternity Paul is part of that that was the post-race stop for years right you just play the races and whatever and now of course Waggle's um, Lanes Bowling Alley um and but you know Paul's front door has always been a big part of the track and um I hope it will continue to be as much of a part of that uh as as it always has been. So Paul, thank you for all that you've contributed and all that you've been in the support that you've given to a and the Supers um as someone who is a fan and and also someone involved in the sport um Really appreciate you and, and just, you know, hope that, uh, you will have many years of just, uh, health and, uh, happiness and enjoy your retirement in whatever way you choose to. So, um, there you have it. So, uh, that'll do it for this week's inside groove. We'll be back next week with episode one nineteen, And I promise I'm going to get back to the, um, season rewind shows as well here, but, um, just, uh, a lot going on here getting ready to to um unveil some big things here and um that have taken way too long to actually come to fruition and now they're getting they're getting there so um, putting things together but uh, we'll get back to the season rewinds as quickly as we can until then um i'm tom baker thanks for listening have a blessed weekend and a safe racing
0: weekend so long you've been listening to inside groove powered by ipc Indy creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com.